So how are we doing today? Thank you, Kendall. Very challenging, very encouraging. Something we all have to think about and regularly evaluate in our own lives. So what comes first? Where's our trust? Where's our hope? It's so easy to put our hope in other things. To allow something to slip into a place where it shouldn't be. Today we're going to finish our series in the book of Philippians. Next week, Pastor Paul is going to be preaching. Uh, we're actually going to be away, but um, it's going to be a, a great, great message. And I'm not going to tell you what it's about, because you should come in here. And it's going to be wonderful, and it's going to be encouraging, as it always is when he speaks. And then we're going to move into the book of James. The book of James. Now, if you know a lot about the book of James, one of the things the book of James is, it highlights is the importance of the way that we live our lives in the demonstration of our faith. So you say that you believe in this. Well, how are you living your life, man? You say that this is really where your hope is and this is where you stand your ground. Well, how are you living your life? What does that look like? So that's coming up soon, right? Two weeks from now, we're going to start a series in the book of James. I'm so excited about it. I hope you are too. But today, we're going to finish the book of Philippians. And it was totally a God thing that Philippians closes on the theme of contentment with where God places you in your life. And so let me read uh, Philippians 4, 10 through 20. I rejoice in the Lord greatly. That now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Now, let me, I'm going to keep reading, but let me just highlight the importance and the special relationship that existed between the church in Philippi and Paul. Let's keep going. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift. But I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Ephroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we ask that... As you have already done this morning, Lord, communicate truth. Be glorified in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, Paul, throughout the time of his life on earth, but especially throughout the time of, from when he gave his life over to Jesus Christ, endured many difficulties, many struggles, many highs and lows, situations that some of us would look at and, and not be able to believe. I don't think we grasp always the full understanding of what it meant that Paul was actually in prison, right? He didn't have a flat screen TV with a million channels to choose from and a gym he could work out at. 
the worst situation you could think of. Yet what does he share in these last couple of verses? He says, I, I found that I'm to be content. <laughs> no matter where I find myself in my life, I'm to be content. Why? Well, there's a couple of reasons. But one of them is this. Because as long as I have Christ, I actually already have all that I need. As long as I have Christ, I actually have all that I need. Now, football starts in just a couple days. I don't know if you're football fans or not, but it starts in a couple days. And there's a chant that football teams love to do. And they, they, they huddle in a circle, and they'll say, All we got! And the rest of the team is supposed to say, Does anybody know? All we need. And they'll say it again, all we got, all we need, all we got, all we need. And, and they, they get so excited and pumped up and it's, it's so sad because in most circumstances it's not true because they end up losing the game or they don't make the Super Bowl or they don't do this, especially the team that I cheer for. But, come on now, it's like 20, 29 years of hardship. They won the Super Bowl when I was one. Since then it's been tears and pain. But they say, all we got, all we need. But it's not true. It's not true for them because they'll lose the game. Somebody will mess up. Somebody will fail here or there. But here's the truth. If you got Christ, you have all that you need. And you hold on to that. No matter what circumstance you find yourself in life, in plenty or in little. In abundance and in need. When you have Christ, you have all you need. And Paul knew this. Paul believed this. He realized that there are times in life when you don't have what everybody else thinks you need. But you have exactly what you need. Because God's the one who provides. And Paul realizes, listen, if I'm living in the will of God, if I'm truly falling in the will of God, then God in his providence has allowed me to be here in this situation, in this circumstance. And I'm going to be content in that. I might be in jail. I might be in jail and not have enough to eat. But I'm going to be content. Why? Because when I have Christ, I have all that I need. See, the secret for Paul's contentness was found that no matter where he was in life, what he had or what he didn't have, he knew that God had allowed him to be there. God had allowed him to be in that circumstance. Now, let me clarify a couple of things for you this morning. Being content doesn't mean that you don't work hard. Being content does not mean that you don't plan. Being content does not mean that you become lazy. Instead, it means that no matter where you find yourself in life, you trust that God has you there for a purpose and can do exactly what he wants to do with you being in that situation. One of the things we, we, we look at, the passage where Jesus tells us not to be anxious and talks about how God will provide. And some people have taken that to say, listen, I'm always going to have enough food to eat. I'm always going to have enough clothes to wear. We have to be so careful with that. Because what about the brothers and sisters on the other side of the world who died from starvation? Was God not there for them? No, he was. 
but he had a purpose for their life, just like he has a purpose for your life. And God will provide every single thing that you need to accomplish the purpose that he has for your life. And you can be content in that. Giving everything you have for the kingdom. Selling your life for the kingdom. Living with every breath that you breathe for the kingdom. And you know what? If you don't have a lot of money in your bank account, or you do, you become content. There's a story about a pilot who looked down intently over a certain valley in the Appalachians when the plane passed overhead. And one day, his, his co-pilot said, what's so special about that spot down there? And the pilot replied, well, you see that stream? When I was a kid, I used to jump on a log and I would fish in that stream. And I would always look up. And I would think, someday, I'm going to fly. So from that creek, I, that stream, I look up and say, someday, I'm going to fly. And I can't wait for that day to come. Now when I fly over, I look down, and I wish I was fishing. You know, it's always tempting to think that other people have things better than we do, that the grass is greener on the other side, that situations are always better. That if we had just a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that, everything will be fine. But the truth is, contentment cannot be found in possessions, right? True contentment is only found in Jesus. How many people have you heard of? Famous, famous people who talk about how discontent they are in their life. When so many people would look at them and say they have everything. But they don't have Jesus. See, contentment also means something else. It means that you're fully present in the moment that you're in. Think about that with me for a moment. See, when you're not content about a certain situation, you allow your mind to wander. And similar to what Kendall had shared, in looking at other people's situations, you start to drift out of your current circumstance, right? And, ah, I wish I had that. And if I had that, this would happen, and then this would happen, and this would happen, and life would be perfect. That's not true. But you drift out of the here and now. We're told to live in today, right? Tomorrow will take care of itself. It's going to have enough issues. Contentment allows us to be fully present in the moment that we're in, making the most out of every opportunity that God gives us in our lives. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8 says this, now there, is a, now there is great gain in godliness with contentment. Now there is great gain in godliness with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world, and we, can take, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. Why is, there great gain, why is there great gain in godliness with contentment? Well, we can go through a whole bunch of different reasons. But the truth is, is that you're trusting God with what you have at that moment. See, if you're, if you're walking out and you're not following the will of God, a little bit of a different story. If you're doing everything you can to follow the will of God, to live in your life, then you're content. You need to be content no matter where you find yourself. Your car squeals going down the road, but you're doing everything you can to follow the will of God. You become content and you thank God for that and you trust Him for the future. We had a car. I just have to tell you this story. It has, really has nothing to do with this at all, but um, we, we moved in when Sarah and I first got married. 
we moved into a, a beautiful development, beautiful development. And uh, we rented a studio apartment that sat above a garage. And it was really nice and it was all furnished. And the people that we moved in, they were believers and such nice people. Um, but we had, we had two uh, older cars. And when I say older cars, like 93 and 95, I think, were the years of the cars. And Sarah had a purple Geo Tracker, right? And anybody know what a Geo Tracker is? Do you remember that? You remember that one person? Okay, good. Geo Tracker. But it had a bad belt. But we didn't have the money to fix it. We just didn't. And so every morning, when she would start up that belt to get her car started, it would go for about 10 minutes down the road. Talk about obnoxious. She left for work at like 5 in the morning to go to Mr. Sticky Sticky Buns and bake some sticky buns for everybody. But the whole development, <laughs> every morning at 5 o'clock, would hear that squeal. I could hear it from our apartment. But you know what? That car did what it needed to do. God provided what we needed. He took care of what we needed. In the end, we have a good funny story because of it. See, the truth is, you have to be content with where God has put you in life. You don't look around at this person or that person. But realize that if you're walking in the will of God, God's provided for you what you need at this moment. Maybe you, you're in this situation because your eyes need to be open to something else. In 1 Timothy, we're told we take nothing out of this world. Think with me for a moment about all of the pharaohs who buried all their treasure with them. Only for many, many, many years later, for archaeologists to discover it. You can't take it with you, man. The question is, how do we live our life while here on this earth? God provides different things to different people. For some, it's little. For some, it's many. And we're all called to be stewards of what God has given us and to be content in that. And then Paul goes on to say this, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now this is one of the verses in the Bible that's taken out of context so often, right? I hope you know that. Because we, we sometimes read the Bible from a very selfish perspective. Did you, did you know that ever? Sometimes we read the Bible from a very selfish perspective. And we don't actually look at the context of what's being said. I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm saying I see that happen in America sometimes. And, and just that the way the Bible's read. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Well, through Christ who gives me strength... I'm 30 years old, and I'm going to go and join the NBA. And I'm going to dunk the ball. I've never done it before, but you know what? Through Christ who gives me strength, I'm going to do it. That's not what's being said here. See, through Christ who gives me strength, uh, I'm not going to jump off this platform and tell you I'm going to fly. Because that's not what's being said here. See, what Paul is saying is that you can do whatever God wants you to do through the strength that God gives you. See, I can do anything that God wants me to do through his power. Anything within the will of God can be accomplished in my life through what he's doing. I'm not going to speak it into motion. It's going to be God who works in my life to accomplish it because I can do anything within the will of God through the power of God. So you know what? If God said, Tony, I want you to go dunk a basketball, I could. Through the power of God and the will of God. I don't feel that way at all in my life. 
It's a verse that gives so much hope to so many, and it is a verse filled with hope, and we should hold on to it, realizing, realizing that whatever God calls you to do in your life, he's going to give you what you need to accomplish it. So you don't, you don't have to step out and say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to be all on my own on this because you're not going to be with me. No, he's with you every step of the way. Because you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. See, just a bit before this, Paul had spoken about anxiety. He'd spoken about being in need. He'd spoken about hunger, difficulties that come in life. And he said, you know what? I can deal with those through Christ who gives me strength. I can wrestle with those through Christ who gives me strength. The world might not have a solution for this, but you know what? I, I can trust in the one who truly gives me strength. Hudson Taylor once said, God's work carried on in God's way will never lack God's resources. God's work carried on in God's way will never lack God's resources. That means that the will of God will always be completed. Sometimes the will of God is very different than what we think God's will actually is. And we look at it and say, Lord, why haven't you provided for this? Why haven't you taken care of this? Maybe it's because God's actually doing something else over here, but we're so focused over here. Paul goes on to share with the church in Philippi. He says, yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. You were the only church that supported me when I started. Philippians, it was only you guys. You guys were the ones. There's a special relationship here. We see the level. We see it throughout the whole book. But let me go down to verse 19. And Paul says this, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And what's so important that we understand when we read these passages is the focus that people have. See, when you're me focused, your needs are this. And when you're kingdom focused, your needs are this. And when Paul says that God will provide for every need of yours. If you ask the child what they need, they might say a brand new Xbox. Do they actually need a new Xbox? And at times in life we find ourselves in a very similar situation. But see, God's going to provide for every need of yours. How? According to his riches. Because his richness, his riches are immeasurable. Incountable. Is that a word? He will provide for your needs. See, as we, as we close out the book in Philippians, we realize, and Paul highlights, that listen, brothers and sisters, you, you guys are going to walk through things in your life. And there's going to be times when it's so hard. There's going to be times when you look around and you say, I don't have what I need, but God's provided what you need. And you find contentment in that, realizing that you can do anything through Christ who gives you strength. You can make it through this difficulty through Christ who gives you strength. You can keep going through Christ who gives you strength. And you can find your contentment in Christ who gives you strength. And we hold on to that together. Realizing that life on earth is like this. And our job is to do everything we can for the glory of God. Realizing that one day we're going to live with him forever. Being kingdom.
kingdom-focused people. As Christians, we rest in knowing that God will provide what he wants us to have when he wants us to have it. We're told to work hard, to disciple diligently, to serve the Lord, to be in our community, and then to be content with what the Lord provides. For every person, it's different. Yet we're all to find contentment in the will of God. Would you pray with me? God, be glorified in each and every one of our lives today. Help us to find contentment in a society that tells us that contentment is unacceptable. Help us to be countercultural. Help us to trust you to be the one that gives us strength, to be the one that gives us the strength to be content. Lord, help us to trust you with great faith, realizing that we can do all things through you, through you. It's not our power. It's not our wisdom. It's not our peace. It's not our joy. It's yours. Help us to live within your will. In Jesus' name, amen.